What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hey, everybody, before we start this episode, I just wanted to take a quick second to let you know that we are continuing to do our blood drive with Geekscape. At the end of September, we will be drawing our winners. Here's what we need from you. Go and donate some blood. People need it desperately. Tag HMN Podcast, tag Geekscape Forever on Instagram, and use hashtag GeekscapeGives. When you do that, you will be entered into a drawing, and the lucky winner of that drawing will not just get a free Blu-ray copy of A Quiet Place 2, we'll also send you a shirt. We'll follow up to get your shirt size and which design you would like us to use. So pick up a copy of A Quiet Place Part 2. The film is hailed by critics and audiences around the world. It's the biggest thriller of the summer. A Quiet Place 2 is available on a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and digital. Following the deadly events at home, the Abbott family must now face the terrors of the outside world as they continue to fight for survival in silence. Brian talked about this on the show already. He absolutely loved it. You can experience the whole Abbott family saga with the two-movie collection available exclusively on Blu-ray and digital. While it's cool that you're going to get a Blu-ray, the biggest thing that we can ask is please go out and donate. The world needs it so badly right now. And a big shout out, a big thank you to Paramount Pictures for giving us these copies for us to give away to help with the blood drive. We appreciate it more than you can ever know. Let's try to end September on a great note and we'll get some of those Blu-rays out there. And now the show. everybody and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This is the kickoff to Listener Submitted Month and I have to say pretty pretty solid start to the month. <laughs> pretty yeah. solid start to the month. It kicked off with Kids Are All Right and that's a pretty all right way to start off 
listeners hey. minute month. We are talking about the faculty. Let's go to the email real quick. Got an email that said, hey guys, I would like to request you guys do an episode on the 1998 classic, The Faculty. This is easily one of my top 10 favorite horror movies. As a teen in the 90s, I think I watched this movie in theaters at least four or five times. I still have the movie tickets in my own ticket collection. It's a great movie, but it does have a few flaws. I would love to hear your takes on it. Also, if you're going to talk about The Faculty, you do have to mention the killer soundtrack. It has all the classics. The Offspring, Creed, Soul Asylum, Garbage, Stabbing Westward, Nev, and the cover of Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall by the Class of 99. If that's not enough to convince you to do an episode, I don't know what will. I look forward to listening to many more Horror Movie Night episodes, and I hope to hear my pick someday. Keep up the great work, guys. Be careful. The aliens are taking over a fucking school. Sincerely, Mario. Yeah, it's my dude, Mario. Severely unpopular opinion. Oh, no. I like Korn's cover of Another Brick in the Wall better. <laughs> I disagree. Yeah, that is... I love the class of 99, and as far as, like, super groups go that form for, like, a single soundtrack... I could have been content with a couple more releases from from the class of 99. It was the collaboration of Jane's Addiction, Rage Against the Machine, and Alice in Chains. And those are three bands that I like quite a bit and would love to have heard more music from them. Not not a fair not a fair comparison because supergroups <laughs> aren't good. Yeah. So they are the <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I'm thinking, I was like, the, who is in the Dudes of Wrath? Because, you know, that was the best part of Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, I'll say this right now up front. Patreon bonus episode. I'm pretty sure Scott and I are going to just go ahead and do a soundtracking episode on the faculty soundtrack. Because it's actually insane that we haven't already done a soundtracking episode. Yeah, on the yeah. Faculty soundtrack. That's the funny thing is that, like, I was looking at this and I'm like are we going to do a, a soundtracking on it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, we had to have already done a soundtracking on the faculty. And then I checked our back catalogs and I was like, we never did a soundtracking on the faculty soundtrack. We got to to the Not Another Teen Movie soundtrack before the faculty. Well, the Not Another Teen Movie is kind of a bit more iconic, really. One question I have, though, is Flick. Flick is on this soundtrack and they were also on another soundtrack. Is it the... I know what you did last summer. I think that's right. They were like one of those bands that I'm sure some record label had a lot of faith in. Yeah, it was I Know What You Did Last Summer, which was a much better song of theirs too, by the way. I got to say something right now to get a little bit off topic, but I think it's important. And I'm not someone in this group that would try to get money out of people. But Scott looks so fucking handsome right now. He's got like a little <laughs> beard growing in. He is got a like flannel shirt. He is gorgeous right now so if you <laughs> are not paying the money him yeah. perfectly right? like <laughs> if you are not paying money to see him you're doing a major disservice to yourself now we're depriving people of two things a you don't see how gorgeous scott is which is a huge deal and b you'd think that brian wasn't on episodes but if you watch the video he's just pantomiming the whole time it's true <laughs> that's where most of his comedy comes from so i do have to say some some compliments the weird thing about this movie and i was trying to find actual information to back this up and i couldn't find 100 but i found close to so kevin williamson did touch up on the script the mm -hmm. script had been written in the early 90s no one was interested scream became a huge deal suddenly they're looking for teen horror films they find this like eight-year-old script they send it to kevin williamson and they say kevin williamson touch this up give it that that scream flair for dialogue that you have and he touched it up and he's like i'm going to direct this 
And then at the zero hour, he's like, no, you know what? I think I want to direct the better movie that I've written, Teaching Mrs. Tingle. So he walked away from the faculty to do Teaching Mrs. Tingle, and they hired Robert Rodriguez to direct it. Now, here's where things are strange to me. This Mm. feels like a Robert Rodriguez passion project to me. It does. Yeah, you're right. But Robert Rodriguez only agreed to do this movie if in exchange he could make his true passion project, which was the kids franchise Spy Kids. They didn't want to they didn't want to let him make Spy Kids because he was like a horror director. And he was like, I will make this faculty movie and I'll make the best goddamn faculty movie you could ever ask for. But in return, I want to make my kids French. <laughs> hey, whatever makes you happy, dude. That was his dream, which is cool. Yeah, like I'm all for it. I just I'm not one of those people since I'm not 12 anymore that like call someone sellout. So like I respect when it's like, Hey, I'm going to do this job for a paycheck so I can fund other projects. And that's what I thought the spy kids franchise was, was like, let me do this family thing, get some money. But I think that that's why, like, it kind of makes sense that that would be his passion project in the sense that like the spy kids movie introduces uncle machete played by Danny Trejo. (laughs) And then, in addition, he's like, let me also make a movie about what Uncle Machete does in his free time. And then it's like, oh, it's like a hard R exploitation. Film. Yeah. So like, and I can't even, I can trash by kids all I want, but I'm literally trashing it for commercials that I saw 15 years ago. Like I actually <laughs> never saw any of the movies. Yeah. yeah I've I seen don't know anything about few, it. Either. Like I've seen like bits and pieces of it, but I do know that Danny Trejo plays their uncle whose name is Uncle Machete. And he yeah. is 100% the character from the Grindhouse movies. But one of the things that jumped out at me, especially in the opening scene of this movie, and I know that, you know, horror movie night, we're not exactly one that talks about cinematography, but Rodriguez's camera movement on in this movie is top-notch in that opening scene walking through the school, and you're just kind of like... It's almost like you're going through a POV shot of a new student walking through the hallways and just bumping into, like pieces of conversation between all of the people who are going to become the main players with the scene kind of ending with Josh Hartnett selling the drugs and then the camera just craning over the bathroom stall to reveal Elijah Wood like dealing with a bloody nose in the toilet and it's like you get so much information about all of these main characters and there's a lot of main characters in this movie in a very short amount of time like it's actually very masterfully done in showing all of that information in in the course of an instrumental cover of Pink Floyd. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't love the hard stops with the font, you know, the yeah. typography, but um, it feels dated. But at the end of the day, if that's the worst thing that I have to say about that scene, that's the worst thing I have to say about that scene, you know? We watched this, the last time I probably watched this was at your house, Scott. I'm pretty sure this was one of the films we did it was. when we did a live stream at your house. And... I mean, at that point, we were, Brian was like a zombie. He might have been asleep by that point. But the movie still is really effective. Mm -hmm. I do agree with Scott. And it's crazy how those things were so cool to me as a kid. Like the freeze frame typing, even like without the typing, just the freeze frame of someone. I watched Goodfellas not like not too long ago. And it does like a lot of like the pausing and then talking. But if you look at the quality it legitimately looks like somebody hit pause on their TV. <laughs> like it gets a little squiggly and a little blurry when they freeze. Like, Cause it's just, it, I don't know. It doesn't age as well. The only time it really truly still stands out 
to me, and it's because it's like a little extra than just a freeze frame, is obviously the can't hardly wait, like freeze, zoom out, and they're like in the yearbook and you're getting like a bunch of like explanation Correct. of who they are in the side. Because it's it shrinks the picture so you don't have enough like your exactly. eyes don't look. But when yeah. you're just like freezing, it's like we're gonna freeze it and then some gnarly shit's gonna smear their name across yeah. the bottom of the screen real quick. You know what it reminded me of slightly was and I don't know why, but the Fright Night remake for some reason I, maybe it's just the font. I could see that. I, could I don't think that they do any stop uh, start stops in that, but the font just felt very... I mean, that's not a bad movie. No, but let me ask you guys a question. Was there anything that fucked you up as a kid in this movie that continued to fuck you up as an adult during your rewatch? Because there was one scene for me that really... Is it where he me. turns the paper cutter into a machete? No. Mine is the woman's hair falling out as he's trying oh, yeah. to insult the woman in the shower, and it's just like that huge clump of hair, and it's just blood and gore coming out of the side of her head. Like... Oh, the special effects in that scene are very Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, very uncomfortable. And it, it, it like that scene every time. I think it's specifically like it's already gross when he's pulling it out. But then it's when the giant clump falls to the ground in the shower and then it cuts back to her. And it's just like the blood and, and like muscle exposed on the side of her head. I'm just like, no, thank you. No. Yeah, thank that's, you that's a little it's kind of out of left field for what this movie really does. Because yeah. the special effects are the only criticism I have of them. And I really remember back when I watched it, when it was new, I was like, these special effects are not great. But looking back, there are only maybe two scenes where I'm just like, eek. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. pretty much everything. Like, oh, there's a lot of practical. and I was going to say, the alien at the end looks fantastic. Oh, like, yeah. The and practical it's for the practical. giant alien. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um, and it like just torpedoing through the pool to get to them into like it's just there's there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff and something that I never picked up on Delilah right the friend Delilah who's like the editor of the magazine that a lot or the school newspaper that Elijah Wood writes for someone pointed out obviously she's eventually revealed to have been taken by the aliens and some in IMDB it was like it's never explicitly shown when that happens but yeah. there are two theories. And theory number one is when Jon Stewart gets bit by the alien in the fish tank and everybody moves back, she moves directly into the arms of the, the girl Mary Beth, right? And they're like, that could have been the moment. Like, Mary Beth could have did it right then and there. Or it's after they run away at the school and they meet up the next day. And the, the thing that they pointed out was that at, from that point on, she's wearing glasses and that these creatures survive on water and contacts would dry them out too quickly. Uh, that's that's mm. a little too much credit given, I think. I, I think I, that it was probably when Mary Beth touched but her. But I do like that being a detail where it's like, all right, let's think about this logically. If they survive on water and she continues to wear contacts, like it's like a subtle little detail. Because I was like, why is she suddenly wearing glasses? And like they don't really address it too much. It's just like, eh, she's got glasses on. It's because that's nerdy hot girl. Yeah, mm. that's true. She's just hot girl. It's always hot girl. There's this is the most attractive school that has ever existed. I don't know, man. I I, I don't find Clea Duvall to be very attractive, but that's just my personal opinion i'm just saying from the students to the faculty there's not a unattractive one in there 
but Elijah Wood's not the best looking guy. I don't know, man. Those baby blues pierce through me it, every here's time. Here's the thing. It's not it's not against him. It's he spends too much time next to Hartnett and you're like, come on. Come yeah, on. Hartnett's great except for his haircut. It was like one of the weirdest hairdos of the nineties right there. It was just yeah. like a poorly poorly buzzed back and then he just like spiked it up. He had it in um, yeah. H2O as well. I like his bedhead look. I think it was like 40 days and 40 nights. It was <laughs> just a more refined version of what he has yeah. here. Yeah. Since we're talking about Elijah Wood, I don't know how many people did their own stunts in this movie, and I assume not too many, but I have a feeling Elijah Wood 100% did that really painful looking slip and fall when he's running away from the aliens <laughs> for the first time. I feel like that was an that, accident and they kept it. It looks so like it looks like he hits that ground hard and i agree with you like i really do think oh man he slipped taking that corner and rodriguez was like we're keeping it <laughs> like, <laughs> we couldn't get a stunt man to do better than what elijah wood accidentally did in that moment true art man it's still one of my favorite photos that katie has ever sent us was at Fantastic Fest when she got a photo of Elijah Wood just zooming by on one of those bird scooters that you can rent in any major city. And he just looks both thrilled and terrified simultaneously as he's standing perfectly straight, holding on to the handlebars. <laughs> what a guy. I love that he just roams Austin. Like He's just like, I like living in Austin. I don't want to be in the hustle bustle of the city. I'm just going to chill out here and make weird indie film, weird horror films with my friends. For I like how you're like, worse. oh, I, I like I don't like the hustle and bustle of the city. Austin is like the biggest city in I know, I Texas, know. and Texas is a humongous state. Uh, I mean, there's also Dallas and Houston. There's a Texas is a city state in general. I I love what's his face Shooter Shooter McGavin as the dad. No more porno. Yeah, well, he's he doesn't just say no more porno. He rips it out from the bed and says, "Sorry, son, no more flogging the bishop in here." Which is such an insane thing for your father to say. And the the parents' anger and distrust towards their son goes from like zero to a hundred. Like, I'm sitting there watching the movie and I'm like, okay, all things considered, if anyone was going to say Matt Kelly is this character in the movie, it's certainly not going to be Joshua Hartnett. It's going to be weird kid who likes horror movies and writes for school newspaper, Elijah Wood, who like gets decent enough grades, stays out of trouble, whatever. He thinks he sees a dead body and the parents immediately jump to like, he's on hard drugs. We have to get him to counseling. Well, they also know that they are, that Josh Hartnett is dispensing drugs at school, right? Yeah. I, everybody knows that. No one's doing anything about it. <laughs> yeah. They're very, very laissez-faire about the drug use in this school. California, man. I don't know what to tell you. I thought this was supposed to be Ohio. Who knows? It's probably plus, Texas. Plus Delco school district was the same way. That is true. Our superintendent got busted with cocaine and ecstasy. That is true. School. Yeah, she was. She she got fired for uh, what was she doing? She was she was like using school funds to to buy drugs for mm -hmm. distribution. Yeah. No, our school ruled. We named that was a year after we named a wing of the high school after her, and then they had to immediately rename that wing of. It the is high so school. wild to me that this was a woman who was like dispensing heroin or in coke and and ecstasy and for some reason i was just like that's got to be some dude who's trying to hook up with teen girls no nope. no no just a, a weird and i had to work with that woman constantly because i was in the tv studio and she would just like i would get 
a text message from the TV studio teacher and he would just be like, when is your next study break or whatever? Because the superintendent just decided she needs to film a video that we're going to be playing on the channel and I need someone to run a camera. And I'd just be like, oh, okay, it's in like 20 minutes. He's like, all right, I'll tell her to be here in 30. Yeah, we made like everyone, we all were all convinced our vice principal had a history in porn, was like a retired porn star. She actually had the cleanest record out of anyone at that school. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Pendelco. Gotta love it. But do yeah. you? Uh, <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Interrupting the podcast for just a minute to talk about this week's sponsor, Liquid Death Mountain Water. Perhaps you've recently been in Whole Foods or 7-Eleven and were startled to see the tall boy cans mixed amongst the water bottles. Just last week, I was at the Mahonan drive-in and I thought I saw an eight-year-old chugging a beer, but it turns out he was just slamming a can of Liquid Death Mountain Water. Why in a tall boy can? Because the folks at Liquid Death Mountain Water give a shit about the environment. Despite what we were told as kids, plastic actually can't be recycled, but aluminum can. Why call it liquid death? Because this water is going to murder your thirst the way that Jason Voorhees murders through horny camp counselors. Take it from us at Horror Movie Night, the most sober horror podcast on the internet. When we're at a horror convention filled with stumbling down drunks, Scott, Brian, and myself fit in by slamming some liquid death mountain water. Drink it when you're pregnant. Drink it when you're on your morning jog. Hell, even drink and drive with it. Don't be scared. It's just water. Well... It's not just water. It's fucking great water. Liquid Death Mountain Water is available nationwide at 7-Eleven and Whole Foods, but you can order a case today at liquiddeath.com. If you get two cases, you get free shipping on any additional merch. And while you're at it, how about you use the promo code HORRORMOVIE for an additional free koozie two-pack on us. Once again, liquiddeath.com, use the promo code HORRORMOVIE in all caps as one word, and you'll get a free koozie two-pack. And now, back to the show. I mean, the faculty, the, the positives and negatives of doing something like the faculty, what's to say that hasn't been said? It's got a great soundtrack. The practical effects are fantastic. It's legitimately fun. Uh, so I think, unless you guys have anything else, 
maybe it's time for us to just dive right into them dub feech. The the only thing I was gonna say is the the drug test scene is just like straight rip from the thing. But hey, that's I, all I had to say about it. Well, and that I think some I, one of the critics was like, you just take a little bit of invasion of the body snatchers, a little bit of the thing, mix it up and toss it in a high school, and you got a great film this summer or something like that. Like I was like. Fair. <laughs> yeah, at <laughs> least they it. knew what they were. Brian, how about we start with you, buddy? What would you double feature this with? You made reference to it before, but I'd probably double feature it with Scream. Cliche, obvious, but it's really what I would do. It would feel like a good way to spend yeah. three hours. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's and, and it's definitely... Uh, this is one of those movies where... Well, I'll let Scott go, because Scott might actually pick something I'm about the reference. What would you double feature this with? Varsity Blues? Okay, no, that wasn't. That's a good one. I was gonna make a reference to disturbing behavior. I would give Scott's double feature a tan, a fucking tan. <laughs> <laughs> it was topical. It was erotic. You still got wood. Yeah, like I, I think that this movie, similarly to like watching disturbing behavior, was like one of those films where I've put it off for a really long time revisiting it. But like, I watched this, and my thought process was like. It will not be another five years before I watch this again. Like, I will probably watch this in a year or two because it is like a fun movie that's worth revisiting and I have a good time with it. That being said, I've been rereading the Animorphs books and I'm going to go ahead and double feature this with any Animorphs property since they are also a book series about slug aliens from outer space that go into people's ears and then take over their bodies like little puppets. That's a fair, (laughs) as an absolutely fair double feature. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just pop in a you know a hard box vhs tape of the first three episodes of animorphs that i'm sure fox kids or nickelodeon or somebody put out at one point or another mm-hmm. have you do you remember those shows they look like capri sun commercials yeah oh, no yeah. they were not good shows <laughs> it, was, it was not a good time uh brian mm-hmm. what did you watch this week with some i mean your life does not have a lot of variety right now not a lot of free time. I've watched it. I've watched half of two things. So I'll start with the one thing, which is weird because it was like thirty minutes. But I watched, I watched half of What If, and that no. seems pretty oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, no. uh, actually, the second half of it is more entertaining than the first half. Mm-hmm. I did, I did find it interesting that they were clever enough with their. I, I feel like they were creative in that they didn't have to pay everybody for voiceover. Um, mm-hmm. because they reused voiceover from Captain America First Avenger a bunch. And I like that. That's smart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that in introducing things like Captain Carter in What If, that at some point a live-action Captain Carter will appear in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness if there's like a sequence where they're jumping through all of these different reality is that like what if is setting up 100% what if is setting up for live action I will say just based on history in Marvel if we think it's possible it's probably not going to (laughs) happen because we've had a lot of things but I appreciate that it is entertaining enough like listen anyone out there I know a great business we know podcasts and that can help you start your podcast because like what if I can actually watch if somebody wants to start a podcast that is a huge Star Wars fan and has watched all of the cartoons I will subscribe because what if has that thing that Star Wars cartoons didn't have which is made for adults as well. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I can't argue that. <laughs> well said. All right, Scott, what is something that you've uh, checked out? I'm just going to mention something real quick. I watched The Suicide Squad, and it was fun. I mean, it's halfway through. That it. was what mine was. Uh, that's, so that's the other gonna, thing I'm halfway through. <laughs> there, there we go. It's it's a little it's, long, but it's it's very fun to look at. Yeah, it definitely uh, didn't need to be two plus hours. <laughs> but I was hoping Scott was going to say my only thing about it. So far, very fun movie. I can't wait to finish it. But James Gunn, why do you hate birds so much? <laughs> <laughs> what is your beef with birds? I appreciate that a as as is in keeping with any James Gunn movie honestly it just feels like a big budget trauma film which I'm like always mm-hmm. on I board Lloyd. for yeah I so I was going to say there's two too. points in the early movie point 1 is that Lloyd Kaufman pops up in the club in the prison when they're first pitching the main character on being part of the suicide squad in the TV, in the background, toxic Avenger is playing. It's the scene where the girl that is flirting with catch. Melvin. I didn't, <laughs> I I didn't that. see that. Yeah. So it's like, God bless. I feel like the only comparable to maybe Trey and Matt stone, no other big Hollywood director has continued to show homage to their trauma roots f- consistently for like, two decades mm-hmm. <laughs> just he's just constantly just like yeah i know where i came from yeah i'm gonna put it all over the screen <laughs> yeah lloyd's got that personality where just people succeed and they're like hey let me give shout out to lloyd and then other directors <coughs> kevin are like hey <laughs> remember i gave you your start do me a favor <laughs> again <laughs> i love kevin smith I, I'm, I'm too mean to him on this podcast we all but we always say we want the man to succeed. You know what I mean? Like I haven't watched the new He-Man cartoon yet, but I'm told that it's quite good it and is. that it's probably the best thing that he's done in a really long time. Scott's smile sold me. I will watch yeah. it now. Yeah. That was oh, like He-Man, a pure joy. They only released six episodes, I want to say, but it is a quick watch. It is very satisfying. Yeah. Nice. All right. I'll have to check it out. I know Jonathan fucking loved it. So the the seal of approval from two men that I respect the opinions of very greatly, Jonathan London and Scott Rogers. So it's very strange. You're a very strange man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott, I know that you're just saying that for comedic effect, but you've known me for almost a decade. This can't be the first time you've picked up on the fact that I'm very no, no, it, it's it is it is part of the reason why I keep coming back for more. There we go. That's. If only a woman felt that way, Scott. If only a woman. Only felt a that woman. Way. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, guys. That was horror movie night. So, what's the worst that we can say? Things are better if we stay. So long, and good night. Wow. Tune in next week for more <laughs> listener submitted month. <laughs> <laughs>
but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 